You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. We've heard a lot of rumors about the Philadelphia 76ers potentially being very interested in Sacramento's Buddy Heald, to the point that they might be willing to part from big contracts, decent names, and some assets in the draft in order to acquire him. Today on the Locked on Kings podcast, I'm going to be joined by Rich Hoffman from the Athletic Philadelphia, and we're really going to dive into the interest in Buddy Heald for Philadelphia and what they'd be willing to give up for the sharpshooter. Settle in, it's a great conversation for you on today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off season. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of the Sacramento Kings from January through December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento sports radio host for nearly the last six years, and I just wrapped up my sixth season covering the Kings, both as an on-air host and a multimedia journalist. I have no time to lose today, so we're going to dive right in. This conversation will dominate the podcast today. So without any further ado, here is my conversation with The Athletic's Rich Hoffman. We're going all the way to Philadelphia. Very excited to speak with Rich Hoffman from The Athletic Philadelphia, one of the fantastic journalists that covers the Philadelphia 76ers. And we're really going to get into the nitty-gritty and find out really how high Buddy Heald is valued, if at all, by the 76ers organization. Very happy to be able to uh, talk with Rich here, also the host of the Sixers Beat podcast. Rich, it's a pleasure to have you on here on Locked on Kings for the first time, hopefully many more in the future. It's a pleasure to talk to you. I hope you're enjoying our strange offseason that we're going through right now. Hey, Matt, thanks for uh, having me on. Yeah, it'll it'll definitely be strange and it'll be uh, it'll be indefinite. I think we might uh, we might be here a while until we have basketball again. So we have the news that the draft is being pushed back in all likelihoods, the season being pushed back to who knows when. Adam Silver has talked a lot about uh, the priority changing to getting fans in arenas again, which I think we would all prefer getting close to some sort of normality. But other than those storylines, even though the Philadelphia 76ers are now no longer playing in the Orlando bubble, There's been a lot of talk around that organization, the state of that organization, uh, what they're trying to do going forward, the issues that they have, maybe uh, issues between players. Uh, And from the outside perspective, from someone all the way in Sacramento, it looks like it's it's there's a, a dark cloud of almost doom and gloom. Is that really the situation or is that just what's being overblown by those of us with an outside perspective? No, I think that's the the general feeling around Philadelphia, you know, whether that's the exact feeling in the organization, I think regardless of what the feeling is, there are going to be some changes. You know, you already saw that Brett Brown got fired. There's going to be a new coach. Um, There's probably going to be changes in the front office. They have a very murky, weird front office dynamic, which I'm sure uh, you and Sacramento can can sympathize with and uh, understand what that's like. And then there are probably going to be some player changes too, because the team that was uh, was put on the floor was not good enough this year. But I would just say in general, the the mood of the Philadelphia sports fan to the Sixers is uh, it's a very angry 
feeling right now. There is there is a lot of doom and gloom. The way this season ended, even though Ben Simmons was not healthy for the Orlando bubble, it uh, it, it was not a, a good ending for this team, and, and people are, are frustrated with how that happened. In regards to the state of the organization and the mindset of the organization, I've seen a lot of the word desperate or desperation being thrown out. Is that accurate? Do you feel that there is some desperation with the 76ers, the need to make some drastic changes and maybe a big move before the start of next season, whenever that is? I wouldn't use the word desperate. I would use the word difficult. They made these they made a series of moves that ended in last offseason, which seems like, you know, five years ago right. as, as opposed to a little over a calendar year. They ended up handing out these massive multi-year contracts to Tobias Harris and Al Horford. And they also were able to acquire Josh Richardson for Jimmy Butler, but you know, that series of events, to put it mildly, didn't work out. And, and they are in a tough spot. You know, this is a team that through the years has had assets because Sam Hinkie just lost and lost for three years and was able to build an unbelievable kind of base for these, you know, the, the front office after him to to work from. And, you know, whether that was young players or whether that was, you know, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid but it was also draft picks and it was also cap space. And as far as the draft picks and cap space are concerned, they have, I think they actually got the Oklahoma city pick this year. So they're, they're neutral there. They have all of their picks after this year, plus the one this year, and they have a few second round picks and then they are capped out. So, you know, it's not nearly the situation that they've had uh, in the past, which makes some people wonder, like, are they going to have to make a move with one of the two, two big guys? Because, uh, it's it's going to be hard for them to kind of maneuver from this spot with the contracts they have. On the priority list for this offseason, you mentioned bringing in a new head coach, potentially changing the front office. How high up on the list is getting some cap relief and trying to move on from a contract like Tobias Harris or Al Horford? I'd imagine it's it's a decent part of it. You know, They are going to be one of the most expensive teams in the NBA next year. I think Golden State is the only one that is more expensive and, you know, we'll see what happens with the salary cap. I think a lot of people believe it's going to be smooth to about, you know, the, the 109 mark about the same as last season, but I would imagine, you know, jo- Josh Harris and David Blitzer, they are, you know, they're wealthy owners as far as NBA owners go, but I, I don't think they want to pay an exorbitant amount of luxury tax for a team whose ceiling is kind of a first round exit. So, you know, I, I think the, the cap relief is probably part of it, I don't necessarily think they, they, they would be unwilling to spend if they had a great team. So, so it's a little bit of both. It's, it's the cap relief and it's also trying to find a better fitting and ultimately better performing roster. This is maybe a strange question, maybe even an obvious question. And it just popped into my brain and I felt the need to ask it. The Kawhi buzzer beater that goes in, in Toronto <laughs> last playoffs, how different is this team if that shot doesn't go in, if Philadelphia is the one to advance, are, are we even looking at these kind of problems? Is that even possible to forecast? It, it is a little tough to forecast. I mean, it, it could be a big deal. I, I guess what I would say with the Sixers, and I, I was there for the Kawhi buzzer beater, it was, uh, you know, it was a game they very well could have won in overtime. And then who knows, you know, if they would have, uh, they would have matched up with Milwaukee, who Toronto beat, and then Golden State, who was hobbled. I, you know, if, if everything would have would have worked out the same way they 
they could have won the title. I don't think it was a guarantee. I don't think you could say, oh man, they, they lost to the champs. They would have been the champs automatically, but they would have had a decent chance. And uh, yeah, if they, you know, if they were able to win a championship, you would imagine they would have, would have brought everybody back and whatever, uh, whatever issues they had with Butler and, you know, whatever issues they might've had paying Reddick for, for an extra year, they, they would have probably brought them back and it would, it would have been different. I, I just would say though, Matt, the, the amount of fork in the road moments for this team over the past four years, you could say like things would be completely different. Mm. There are a lot of them. I mean, you know, whether you replace Sam Hinkie or Brian Colangelo doesn't get caught with, uh, you know, his family using burner Twitter accounts. And the big one is, is, is if, uh, Markel Fultz is the player that we all thought he was going to be and the guy who we showed at Washington. I think uh, I think everything is different. There might not be any Jimmy Butler at that point. So to answer your question, yes, but it's it's one of many fork in the road moments that are uh, are very impactful. We can relate here in Sacramento. You can make a full interstate map with the amount of fork sure. in the road moments that go <laughs> all the way back to the, the 2002 Western Conference Finals, which of course is a soft uh, uh, or a painful button to press here. Uh, Dick Pavetta, man. Yep, Screwed you. Yep. I mean, hey, it's it's until the Kings finally win, it will never really go away. And even then it might not because the, the Kings should have had two NBA titles instead of one. But forget NBA titles. Sacramento will take a playoff appearance at this point. And they're going through front office changes of their own. This season was very strange for a lot of reasons with transition, high expectations that weren't met. And then there was the whole storyline with Buddy Heald going from, if I don't get paid the money that I want, uh, I'd be willing to leave and look elsewhere before the season even started, to getting paid to... Uh, playing big minutes and having some big games, but really inconsistent play. People can argue that that Luke Walton misused uh, Buddy Heald a lot of times, which I think is absolutely a fair argument. That leads to Buddy Heald sitting on the bench in the fourth quarter at times. He voices his displeasure with Luke Walton's rotations, which gets picked up by the media. He's not afraid to, to say how he feels. And fast forward all the way to the Orlando bubble where he struggles. And is he a starter? Is he a sixth man? Will he accept the sixth man role in Sacramento or anywhere else? Buddy Heald's just had a strange year, and it's led to the possibility, which was unheard of 12 months ago, of the Kings trying to trade him away despite being the three-point champion in this year's All-Star weekend, whenever the hell that was. <laughs> and uh, on top of that, the just getting a, a massive payday and being one of the top three-point shooters in the NBA, at least statistically, with what he's done so far in his short career. It seems like from a Sacramento perspective, the Kings could and the Philadelphia 76ers could maybe kill two birds with one stone for the Sixers getting a shooter that they desperately need or seemingly desperately need in Buddy Heald and getting rid of a big contract if they were willing to also attach future uh, future assets to that. How intriguing is that possibility from Philadelphia's perspective? Yeah, I think it would be really intriguing. And, you know, I, I understand that when uh... – you know, a lot of fans look at other players on other teams. They might think they're better than they are. I'm fully aware of Buddy Heald's limitations. But one of the big things that the Sixers got away from this year, and frankly, like, it's a major indictment of how they built this all-defense team. If you're going to build around Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid is the best post-up player in the NBA. Yes. He's probably the only guy who can do it efficiently at this point 
like with a lot of volume. He's he's a very unique player in that regard. And as much as he wants to play on the perimeter and and that style has some limitations in the playoffs, and I agree with that. It's also what he's best at. Like he's not a great vertical athlete. So that's one guy that needs to be around the basket. I don't think I have to tell everybody uh, the story about Ben Simmons, but I think you also need to acknowledge at this point, he needs to be around the basket as well. Yes. Okay. So if you, your best two players are two guys that are, that do their work from, you know, five feet and in and be, you know, post-ups are probably about eight to 10 feet, but whatever, you know, around the basket, close to the basket. I think anybody who watches NBA basketball now knows that the other three guys need to be able to shoot it. And they, frankly, the Sixers, they had JJ Redick last season who was a bomber. And not only was he a bomber, he had this unbelievable rapport with Embiid. They used to run the two-man dribble handoff game. And over two seasons that he was here, it was magical how good it was. Those two were awesome. They actually, they were on, or Joel went on JJ's podcast recently. and was like, man, I, I miss doing that with you. That was, that was a lot of fun. So, you know, they had him, they had Robert Covington, they had Dario Sarge a couple years ago years ago those guys they have their flaws but here's the thing all three of them can bomb and then you look at this season Sixers Al Horford you know kind of a he's more of a five man like he's more of a pick and pop three-point shooter Tobias Harris good three-point shooter but unwilling like like Horford is a slow release Harris unwilling and Richardson Josh Richardson is the third guy he's also kind of unwilling so Frankly, like building a team with that level of shooting around Simmons and Embiid, it just, it's not going to work. You know, if, if you have a Jimmy Butler who is a really good on ball creator, maybe you can get away with a guy who doesn't shoot threes, but none of those guys are at the, at Jimmy Butler's level. So I look at Buddy Heald, 11 threes per 36 minutes. That's what the Sixers need. They need somebody who is willing to shoot it. And like as much as they already paid Tobias Harris all of this money. And you had Brett Brown this year saying, like, we just need him to shoot more threes. He needs to hunt more threes. You do not have to tell Buddy Heald to shoot more of those threes. So, you know, all of the defensive limitations, all of the other limitations that Buddy Heald has, I uh, I think there would be naturally a decent amount of interest from, from the Sixers just because that level of shooter and somebody who can shoot off the move is somebody that they desperately need. Today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is brought to you by two fantastic sponsors, the first of which being DoorDash. You've counted on restaurants, and now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food that you're craving right now, right to your door. Ordering is easy. You open the DoorDash app, you choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the United States, Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left at your door. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code LOCKEDONNBA. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONNBA. Don't forget, that's code LOCKEDONNBA, all one word, for $5 off of your first order with DoorDash. 
the second great sponsor of today's Locked On Kings podcast, Rock Auto. Buying car parts is really difficult. There's way too many makes, way too many models, and now it's really impossible to stock all of the parts that you need in any traditional chain storefront. Instead of enduring the often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning, you have access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Obviously, it's all about taking care of your car, but saving money where you can, so you can use it for other important things like your mortgage or your food. Instead of spending 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store, use rockauto.com right now, and you'll have complete access to the best deals and a wide range of parts right there at your fingertips. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they're all reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing the prices based off of what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody, and it does not require memberships or account login. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. An amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com I've had a lot of really interesting conversations about Buddy Heald this season. Had a great long conversation with Sam Vecini about it where I shared with Sam that I felt that this year Buddy Heald was exposed a little bit as a overall average to maybe a little bit above average basketball player with elite shooting. But other areas of his game, while statistically look really strong, when you watch him play, he makes those those mind-numbing mistakes, dribbling the ball off of his foot, refusing to to try and um, put himself in, in successful situations like catch and shoot and moving off the ball and instead trying to create his own shot. And one of the issues that we've dealt with and heard a lot about Buddy Heald in Sacramento this season is he wants to be his hero, which is Kobe Bryant. And that's really not his game. He's more of that J.J. Reddick, Clay Thompson without the defense uh, style of, of catch and shoot player. And it's the catching and shooting And a high volume of catch-and-shoot threes that got him paid in the first place. It was what made him so lethal under Dave Yeager a couple seasons ago when he shot nearly 50% from the field in catch-and-shoot situations. And that's why I believe, and I feel, at least from the outside perspective, that he would be a phenomenal fit with Philadelphia with so much expectations around the rim. Buddy just has to lurk around the perimeter and get those catch-and-shoot opportunities. And I believe he'd be more willing to do that and have less opportunity to create his own shot on a playoff team with championship expectations than on a Sacramento team that hasn't made the playoffs in 14 seasons. Yeah, it's kind of like what I saw with with Reddick, who's one of my favorite guys to cover when he was here. You know, I watched him this season with New Orleans. His stats were excellent. You know, he shot the three point. I, I don't know his numbers, but his uh, his percentage went up a little bit. But you know, on a team with more shooting and a little more playmaking, a younger team that didn't really have the defensive backbone that the Sixers had, like he didn't feel like he was impact as impactful. And the Sixers. Simmons and Embiid, like I said, they're very idiosyncratic players, both of them. They need a very specific skill set around them. I have become more and more convinced. And the good news is that Buddy Heald, for all of his faults, seems like he has that skill set. Yeah, I think he would be an excellent fit here. And I think, uh, you know, when, when you look at the Sixers' big salaries that they have, trying to move off them is going to be difficult. But you're not going to be able to probably, you know, you probably need a big salary to come back. 
in, in some sort, you know, like you said, with attaching, you know, whether it's a young player or a pick or, or whatever it is, I don't know what the deal is. Do you, so let me ask you a question. Yeah. Do you think from the King standpoint, they would have any interest in any of the three players, Tobias Harris, Al Horford, or, uh, or, or Josh Richardson? Would they have any interest in any of those guys? I think absolutely. Uh, because of a couple things. Now, a cop-out answer is, well, we don't know what the new president of basketball operations is going to want to do when he shows sure. up. And and I would have said, if Vlade was still around, I would have said that it was likely that the Kings and 76ers ended up making a deal to send Buddy Heald out. We had heard rumors that Vlade was not happy with how Buddy carried himself this year and was going to be looking to, to move on from him and try and get value for an elite shooter and maybe take advantage of a situation like Philadelphia's. Uh, now... I'm not so sure because maybe a, a, a basketball or president of basketball ops comes in and says, no, I can make Buddy Heald work here. So we don't know. But at least from the information that we have, Sacramento was very interested in Al Horford. In fact, it was rumored they were one of the first major teams to try and make an offer for Horford that right. that ended up falling through. Uh, there's been interest and connections rumor-wise with Tobias Harris as well uh, in free agency going back to as, as early as last year. Uh, Richardson is a, is a nice player. What I I don't know, though, the big question mark that I have is are the Sacramento Kings trying to make this move with the intention of winning next season or are they trying to make this move with the intention of eating the cap, eating the money, just dealing with it, being a bottom team in the Western Conference and setting themselves up with multiple draft assets in the 2021, 2022, 2023 drafts for the new general manager or president of basketball ops to build the team that he wants to build. That's a big question mark. But either way, yes, I absolutely think there is interest in the Kings taking on either Harris or Horford specifically. Yeah, and that's that's an interesting question because I think – Harris has the worst contract of the two. He's goes for basically a year and a half longer. Horford kind of signed a, he signed a four year deal, but the last year is partially guaranteed. Harris signed a five year deal for, uh, for more money. And, you know, frankly, like he just doesn't affect the game at kind of the max level that he's making. Horford is somebody who, you know, I, the Sixers probably an overpay at whatever he's making. I think it's like 20, 20, Eight million or something like that this year. I don't have the exact numbers. It was it was a four year, ninety seven million dollar guaranteed contract. So whatever, whatever that ends up at. The um, he's somebody who I think still has value as a center, but it's it's unfortunate the fit between him and Bede and Simmons offensively was just terrible. And and you could see in some of the games that Embiid did not play, particularly when he plays against kind of a, a bigger, stronger center. Ironically, Joel Embiid would be like the, the perfect player for him to match up his ability to pick and pop and uh you know spread the floor for the the point guard and you know all the wings trying to drive and also play like legitimately decent defense at center I still think that has value but uh for the Sixers it's it's just a bad fit he uh you, you cannot pay a guy that much money to you know essentially be a 10 minute a game player with backing up and in the playoffs yeah it's interesting it it all depends on the decision that the Kings make. If they go the route of not necessarily tanking, but but intentionally losing uh, in the in the immediate future to set themselves up with assets, maybe they prefer to bring in Al Horford, uh, even or because he's less money and and less of a commitment. 
even sure. though he plays the center position and theoretically you're going to want Marvin Bagley to play the center position. Also, you have Rashawn Holmes, who is coming off of a good year currently at that center position. So maybe maybe you're willing to take that on, even if it means Horford is, is taking his money and sitting on the bench and continuing to only play 10 minutes a game. Uh, if you're trying to win, I could imagine the Kings, even with the more money, wanting to bring in Tobias Harris with the possibility of of playing him as a hybrid 3-4, which is kind of what they do with Harrison Barnes, and just matching those two up together and leaving that space open at the 5 for Marvin Bagley. But again, either way, I think there definitely would be interest there from Sacramento, a willingness to take on that contract if they truly did feel that they couldn't make it work with Buddy Heald. So in your mind... What is the peak value, I suppose, and it's kind of putting you on the spot, so I apologize, but the peak value that Sacramento could realistically get in a Buddy Heald trade with Philadelphia? Yeah, I would just say uh, when you're like asking that question, from the Sixers standpoint, unfortunately, they don't have a ton of great stuff to offer. Like yeah. you're, you're not getting Ben Simmons or Joe Embiid, obviously. So, you know, after those two, it kind of falls off a cliff. You know, it would would they like to have Richardson, you know, who basically has one year left and, and 10 million and maybe they, they throw in another unwanted contract. I haven't even looked at what they have, uh, you know, but they have, you know, Bogdanovich and, and Fox and, and Richardson is another guard. So, you know, I, there's probably not a major need for him, even though he's a, he's a good player for sure. They have these young guys that are, are okay. You know, shake Milton and Matisse Stiebel, who is like a very mm-hmm. kind of intriguing weird player in in a similar way to Ben Simmons where he's got these unique defensive skills, but is uh he's obviously not as good as Ben Simmons, but he uh he's got some major limitations offensively. Those are really the two guys that they, they have to offer that are young guys. And then, you know, I, I went over their picks. They're they have Oklahoma City's pick this year, which is like twenty second or twenty twenty first, something like that. And then they have their own picks moving forward and some seconds. But if you're going to make that trade and you're going to give the Sixers Buddy Heald, you know, I don't know how much value those those picks have. You know, the Sixers are going to be in the playoffs at least. So, I, you know, it's not going to be like a high lottery pick by any means. So I, I guess like the Sixers, I, I would assume that they, they would be interested in somebody like Buddy Heald. There are a few players who kind of fit the the guard mold. I think Chris Paul is, you know, he's obviously a different player than Heald, but somebody who they could theoretically be in on as well. The, the problem is they don't have, you know, they, they don't have like the great young player pick to, uh, to attach to it. So I think the Kings would have to be okay with, you know, taking maybe a combination of maybe a young player and a pick. I don't, I don't know exactly what it would be or, or maybe pawning off another salary, but I, I guess to, to answer your question, that's a long winded way of saying like wh- whatever the peak value is, it's probably not going to be great outside of the, the player that the Sixers give back for buddy. Yeah, and that's that's what it sounds like overall, and that's why this conversation is so great, and uh, I, I hope the listeners appreciate it on, on Locked on Kings because it gives us a realistic idea of what Sacramento could expect in return and what Philadelphia would ultimately consider. And it sounds like, at least from what I'm reading on the situation, if the Kings were sending Buddy to Philadelphia, the Sixers would almost give them their pick of the contract that they'd be willing to take back. And then things get a little muddy when it comes to sweeteners. Would the Kings have to add a little more um, 
money into the mix uh, or in another player attached to Buddy Heald in order to take on another contract from Philadelphia, like a, a uh, for example, Jabari Parker, who has a six point, yeah, yeah. 6.5 million player option, or another name that I think Philly might be interested in uh, is Nemanja Bjelica, uh potentially being <laughs> attached and sending over. So. He signed here, and and then he went to Sacramento a few years ago. Uh, he signed and bailed. <laughs> yeah, he got a. Uh, it was funny. He uh, he came back, and nobody booed him, which I was uh, I was a little disappointed by. People should have remembered that one. Oh. The, uh, he, uh, yeah, I think he would be an an awesome fit here. But you know, I I think the the question from the Kings is just like, is is what the Sixers like? Is the situation with Buddy bad enough that what the Sixers are offering, which is like. In my opinion, not that great. Are they are they willing to take it? Because these guys are they're decent basketball players, but I don't think they're necessarily game changers either. But would I guess it, Buddy isn't either. Too. Would it be safe to say, at least in your mind, in in this specific negotiation in a trade involving Buddy Hield between these two teams, the Kings are more of the power player and in the seat to demand more because of the asset that they are giving to Philly because they know it fills a desperate need for for the 76ers? Yeah, with the Sixers, a team that's trying to win right now too as long as sacramento would enter the uh the negotiations with the idea of like you know which has been a problem for them at times like a realistic idea of where they are hey maybe maybe we could compete for the eighth seed or maybe we're, we're okay with trying to build up the the future pipeline or, or whatever yeah I, I would say that they uh th- there's less of a, a need for them to make a move and and buddy you know like for all the reasons we said i i would be on board with it if, if the Sixers were able to bring him here you know limitations and all he would help Embiid for sure that is Rich Hoffman fantastic stuff check out all of his great work with the Athletic Philadelphia does a phenomenal job covering uh, the 76ers also check out his podcast Sixers Beat for more information anytime you have a question about what the 76ers are doing or trying to do uh, give Rich a follow and give him a, a listen or read some of his work and you'll have a great idea Rich it's an absolute pleasure to have you on hopefully we can do it again in the future maybe a draft like this does happen and then we can get together again and break it all down and see who won and who lost but I appreciate you taking the time Thanks for having me, man. Big thank you to Rich Hoffman from The Athletic Philadelphia for joining me here on Locked on Kings. I look forward to chatting with him again in the future and having him back here on the Locked on Kings podcast. And like I said, maybe a trade does happen between the Kings and the 76ers involving Buddy Heald. And if it does, I'd love to have Rich back on and we can really break down that actual trade. But I hope that gave you a little more information of, yes, there is definitely interest for the 76ers in Buddy Heald. However, they might not have enough to give back for what the Kings are going to demand. And in this specific situation, Sacramento is kind of in the power seat. If these two are going to negotiate over Buddy Heald, Buddy fixes two major needs for Philadelphia. One being they need shooting, and two being they want to get off of a big contract that the Kings would take on in return for Heald, but they would have to attach some significant assets to that. Like Rich said, though, it doesn't sound like Philadelphia has too many significant assets that they're willing to part from or that are that valuable to begin with. So it'll be interesting to see if these trade rumors pick up what specifically the Kings are trying to get in return for Buddy Heald. 
That will do it for today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back tomorrow for one more episode this week, and we're going to talk about fun NBA and Sacramento Kings-related headlines for this uh, fall. In fact, I put out uh, a poll on Twitter, at MattGeorgeKHDK, which I would love for you to vote on if you're on Twitter, uh, where I asked which out of four headlines would you most like to see uh, here this fall involving the Sacramento Kings. And the four headlines were the Kings hiring Adam Simon from the Miami Heat as their new uh, head of basketball operations, the Kings hiring Sachin Gupta also for their head of basketball operations position, the Kings re-sign Harry Giles, or the Kings trade Buddy Heald. So go, if you're on Twitter, and vote on that poll right now. Which headline is your favorite? If you're not on Twitter and you still want to pick one, email me, mgeorge at sacklocalmedia.com. And while you're at it, send me some realistic Sacramento Kings headlines that you would like to read during this weird offseason period. It can involve Fox, Bagley, uh, Luke Walton, new Kings head coach, Everything is fair game, but try and make it as realistic as possible. You can also send me some absurd ones if you want, like the Kings trade for LeBron James. If you really want to do something like that, have fun with it. That's the point. But if I get some really good realistic ones, I want to share them and talk about them on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Kings. As for today, though, we are done. Thank you so much for listening to the Locked on Kings podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.